Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, and this is episode number 190. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investing opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Good to be back with you guys again today. Um, finally saw a little green on the screen today, a little bit of a, of a rally in the uranium stocks, not on huge volume, didn't quite close at the highs on the day, but still nice to say, see despite a relatively weak broad market. Uh, it certainly seems like when the dollar isn't soaring and when the broad market isn't crashing, we can pretty easily outperform. We'll go over the charts in just a moment. I want to remind everybody that the, we are now one week away from the daily podcast going to members of Uranium Insider Pro only. Um, this is going to start on, let's see, our newsletter is going out on Tuesday the 4th. So we will start the Uranium Market Minute on Wednesday the 5th. That is a week from tomorrow. And that is the daily, almost daily podcast that we've been doing. And like I've mentioned, now that this is going to be going to members of our newsletter, we're going to be able to get down and, down and dirty into some more granular detail, some more kind of insider information, uh, as you were, um, that I typically don't share in this podcast. I, I hold that back for, for our members to discuss in webinars, in, uh, in our bulletin emails that we send out, and in the monthly newsletters. So I'm very much looking forward to that because I do like to be able to speak a little bit more freely. I don't like to hold back um, in these podcasts, but I still think that sharing what I do share in these podcasts has been valuable. And if you believe that that's valuable and you might benefit from a little bit deeper information coming from these podcasts going forward, you might consider subscribing. I did see a YouTube comment a couple of days ago about somebody um, somebody suggesting that I mentioned what is included in the membership. So basically, besides having access to these almost daily updates that starting next week will be going only towards members, you will get... Um, a monthly newsletter that we send out on the second trading day of every single month. This is usually a very, very in-depth document, typically 40 to 50 pages. Um, this is mostly macro, although we do cover all of the companies that we own and recommend and go into any data and information and assessment of any new information that's come around that company over the past 30 days. Um, of course, like I said, we do focus primarily on the macro. And the reason is, this is a very, very complex sector. And what we do is we try to take all of the moving parts and distill them down into what is, uh, what is important to understand from the investing side. So there's, you know, 10 or 12 pieces of news that come across my desk every single day, uh, whether that's from the, the UXC um, headline news that I get those emails every single morning from the world nuclear news data. And then of course, just from conversations with industry players that we have uh, every single week that is shared with members that goes out in these monthly newsletters. In addition, when there's um, updates that are market moving, whether that's individual company updates or macro updates, we will send out what we call bulletins. These are emails that go out in a timely fashion to our membership uh, to update you on this market moving macro or company information. Um, lastly, you will also get access to all of our members' webinars. We do one of these every month. The recording of these webinars goes up on our website. So anytime you join, you can go back to previous months and not only read past newsletters, read our past email bulletins, but um, you can access those replays of those videos. And I'm telling you, the, the last two months or the last three months have been very, very important for this market going forward, not only because we've been in this 
pretty severe risk off situation across markets. And it's been very volatile and difficult to hang on in these markets, but there's a lot of moving parts in the back end of the fuel cycle. So we're talking about the conversion in the enrichment markets and how that's affecting U308 and when it's affecting U308 demand going forward. So our interview with Per Jander from WMC Energy, um, that went out in, in July. That was our members webinar guest in July. In August, it was uh, just my, my partner and I that did that uh, members webinar. And then this last month, we had another um, higher up industry player with some very, very uh, crucial information and outlook on term contracting in the markets going forward. So if you have a significant investment in this space, we feel like what we share is a very strong value proposition and likely will if not informing you on your exact investment decisions and the companies that you want to own, at least having a grasp on the market moving fundamental aspects of this market to help you make your own decisions. Lastly, uh, last but not least, I should say, is we have our focus list of recommended positions. Now, these are 10 companies and an options position right now. And so we try to keep it to 10 positions. We, we stepped over that because we wanted to enter this option position earlier in the year. We enter what we believe are intelligently structured options trades that add a defined risk with maximum upside leverage without trading on margin. Um, this is something that we will do throughout this market, despite where the equities are going up and down, despite where the market is, we can enter these trades and re-enter these trades year over year. Um, this is something we plan to do continuing going forward. And we love when these, uh, when these options trades come off or when we sell these, it gives us a little bit of cash to deploy into our focus list portfolio. And this uh, focus list portfolio is a model portfolio that's 100% accountable. So we we track not only the movements of the Canadian dollar, the Australian dollar, um, and, and uh, apply that to the performance of this, of this portfolio, but um, we track precise entries and precise exits and, and are fully accountable on the performance of that focus list portfolio. So you have access to that immediately upon joining. Um, I really think that the webinars and these daily updates are going to be uh, a pretty big value add going forward for our members. So I'm excited to provide that to existing members who've been supporting us for years and really much, really looking forward to doing these daily updates um, starting next week. And of course, as I mentioned, I will continue to do a weekly Uranium Market Minute podcast. Um, I'm not sure which day of the week that'll be on. I haven't yet decided but that will be once per week. And of course, I'll probably go a little bit more in depth than I typically do, which is, you know, this 10 to 20 minute format, go a little bit longer form and, um, and still try to keep that value up for you guys. If you, even if you don't uh, decide to join the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, if you do decide to join, I really appreciate the support. Um, we work tires, tirelessly for this product and the service. And it's something that we're very proud of um, what we're putting out and we will continue to work for you guys going forward. And um, it's it's become kind of a, a, a huge undertaking. And a uh, it's been a, a passion project. Honestly, this has been um, very much enjoyable, very rewarding, very humbling. And we're extremely excited about what's going to happen for this market going out into the future over the next few years, and perhaps even longer than that. As I've mentioned in the past, you know, this with this bifurcated market, if this bifurcation sticks, which I believe it will, at least for the short to midterm, if this sticks beyond that, we're talking about um, a huge demand, significantly higher than what has been modeled out in the past, going out until there's further enrichment capacity in the West. That's going to take years. So we really could see a very, very strong market for a number of years going forward. 
Um, all right. Last thing I want to mention about that, we have annual and quarterly options. So if you are interested in trying us on for a quarter, that's a lower, um, you know, a, a, a lower price for you guys to get a taste of what we offer. You'll be able to attend three members webinars, watch all of the previous webinars, get access to all of our previous content and to try us on for three months. So I'm going to put a link to the quarterly subscription down below. And um, if you have any questions, go ahead and shoot, shoot us an email through the contact form on the website at uraniuminsider.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the daily scoreboard. Spot price of uranium down 50 cents a pound. I'm still very, very thin market. In fact, in UXC's publication, and I'm not going to quote this verbatim because it's behind a paywall and their material is copyrighted, but I'll, I'll basically give a quick summation is they're essentially acknowledging how extremely thin the market is. Um, they believe that uh, the uranium spot price is, is likely to never fall below $45 again regardless of market conditions. So right now, 80% of the purchasing in the spot market is coming from, uh, end user purchasing is coming from spot. Um, where the, they're only about 30 something percent of actual trading volume. So there's plenty of pounds being traded back and forth, but as far as end user purchasing, spot is the vast majority. So while acknowledging that, even with risk staying off in the markets, um, they likely, they, they don't think we're gonna see below $45 a pound again. That's a very, very strong statement coming from this entity. And they're they're looking out and they're kind of saying, what they're essentially saying is, while we don't see sell pressure coming into the spot market and we don't believe the price is going to drop below this level, the upside essentially is blue sky. And um, they've, they've fired the warning shots as far as the potential for risk to come back on in the, in, into the finance uh, side of things and put serious pressure on the spot market. Um, they've also mentioned that uh, they're, they're forecasting significantly more term contracting going forward into Q4 and into 2023. And that's something that we expect as well. So this is a very conservative publication, historically speaking, and um, they're certainly starting to um, up their language at the very least saying uh, there likely is a floor here for the spot price and the ceiling. We don't know what that is. And that largely depends on financial players. Now, while I agree with that, in terms of the actual physical movement of the spot market is probably going to consist primarily of a secondary demand, let's say. So that'll be maybe even hedge funds buying, producers buying, uh, some utility buying, but not a whole lot. And, and then, of course, spot and anyone else that enters on the financial side into the spot market. Now, ANU Energy that's in Kazakhstan, they, I believe, are going to be purchasing directly from Kazatomprom. Um, but either way, while the physical the physical funds are putting the majority of the pressure on the spot market the traders are going to be uh to quote our guest from the last webinar the connective tissue between the term market and the spot market and uxc actually mentioned this the same that because they are expecting more term contracting going forward it's likely the traders will be participating in purchasing on the spot market to hold those pounds and carry them forward. This is becoming a much more difficult trade now with this carry trade where uh, prior the, the carry traders would actually secure these contracts and go out and source the material. Now that material is just insufficient, plus uh, the very volatile financial markets and much higher interest rates make this a very difficult prop proposition for carry traders, but traders nonetheless are still the connective tissue and we see an upward Price movement on the term contracting price, you can pick pounds up on the spot market, carry those on your books for a little bit of time and, and sell them to utilities going forward. That is going to happen. And so UXC was actually mentioning this as well, that traders could be putting increasing pressure on the spot market. 
All right, continuing on. Spud did not purchase any additional pounds, did not issue new units. They were at a pretty steep discount to NAV. They closed yesterday at a minus 11% discount to NAV, but they traded up very nicely throughout the day today, up over 6% on the day with a slightly falling spot price. So they're probably now down around that 5% discount to NAV. Very strong. In fact, I'm recording this kind of late today. We should actually see their, um, their numbers come out uh, relatively soon here. Sitting on 17.6 million in cash. Turning the ETFs, URA reported an increase of 310,000 shares outstanding. Incredible. 4.2 million in mandated buying. So Friday was an absolute crash in the uranium market. Maybe not crash, but a severe down day on pretty pretty high volume. That was the day that markets went risk off and we actually saw um, you know, the dollar just skyrocketing. So uh, going forward, I think that we are going to see some uh, redemptions reported probably tomorrow would be my guess. As we know, there's a lag time uh, with this reporting. Um, trader, uh, let's see, the, the, the equities markets traded up pretty nicely today. Why don't we go ahead and look at the charts? Starting off with URA, up over 4% on the day with a down S&P. Um, very nice uh, decoupling slightly, at least on the day, although we decoupled strongly to the downside last Friday. Um, not a huge rally I'm seeing here, not a breakout in volume, didn't close near the highs on the day. So this could be kind of a bear market rally, kind of a dead cat sort of bounce yesterday and today. Um, we'll have to see some follow through on that for the remainder of the week. I have no idea if that is going to happen. Honestly, the fear in the markets is palpable. Um, I, I saw something today that showed that the fear index right now is the lowest it has ever been, ever for as long as they've been recording uh, the fear and greed index. Um, so this is lower than the COVID crash of March, 2020. It's lower than the financial crisis, 2008. It's lower than the dot-com crash. Um, th this is literally the lowest sentiment has ever been. And typically when, when the sentiment is despondent, that is somewhere close to a low. Now, obviously we're seeing, um, we saw some remarks from various people from the Fed, Yellen, and uh, I think it was, I can't pronounce his name, Kashkar, if I recall correctly, both coming out and saying, uh, we're essentially, the job isn't done yet for the most part. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. Yellen said something like, we're not seeing any signs of financial market breakdown. So the Fed is certainly sticking to their guns, at least in their, uh, in their statements, as we don't have another um, rate hike meeting until November, I believe. Either way, a lot of fear and a lot of that is justified um, with the absolute skyrocketing dollar just crushing foreign currencies. Um, it's a mess out there, guys. It really is. So there's a lot of fear around the markets. We're, we certainly are not seeing a breakout in the uranium uh, in the uranium sector here by any means. We're a long ways away from a breakout. We've got URA closing well below the declining 200-day moving average, with the 50-day below the 200-day. Volume is not picking up. I'd like to see us back above those moving averages on strong volume. Um, and the interesting thing with uranium is that it's almost impossible to predict exactly when the sector is going to run. So you can make, you know, you can make even short to midterm prognostications on the movement of the commodity, which I have and I do. And I believe the commodity is going higher and it's going higher potentially quickly and potentially soon. When exactly the uranium market breaks out is very difficult to forecast. And that's why I don't even attempt to forecast when we will break back to the upside. There will likely be a big move in the spot price and or some kind of catalyst or piece of news that comes into the sector and sends us up 10 to 20% in a single day. I want to have a seat at the table before that happens. And generally speaking, I like to buy 
around where these green arrows are pointing when we have RSI at very, very oversold levels. And we've got a nice bounce in the RSI today. We'll have to see that follow through to the upside to get excited about this. Otherwise, I'm going to see this almost as like a dead cat bounce or a slight bear market rally. Um, we could be going, going back to risk off. If we retest the lows of the summer, that, in my opinion, would be a strong buying uh, opportunity for URA. URNM relative to the commodity, nice day-to-day up over 5% relative to the commodity itself. Just about filled that gap from Friday. Um, again, if risk goes back off and the uranium price stays uh, solid and, and firm, right here at around 48.50 a pound spot, we could see this come back down. We even could see a retest of this horizontal line that was support in June and was resistance way back before the market broke out. So this is, uh, we are very close to being back down to those levels of basically pre-bull market uh, relative to the commodity itself. And honestly, this pullback over the summer and the risk coming off the markets, if you if you have a long-term vision for this investment, it's been a gift. If you have a short-term invest uh, uh, outlook for this investment, it's been a, an absolute headache and the volatility um, can be very, very frustrating. But if you have a vision going out a few years like I do, um, the pullback in valuations for these equities relative to the price of uranium has been a gift, and we could retest that level if markets continue to go risk off. Cameco continuing strong, up over 5% on the day, pulled back pretty significantly from the highs on the day, still the strongest chart in the space. URA relative to the S&P, nice day up over four and a half, almost 4.5% on a relative basis. Um, we still have this big gap down here from the breakout on the Japanese news, the breakdown from that perfect bear flag. Um, back barely above the 200-day, above this lower trend line. Would love to see some strength come back into this. And I think we can do it if the dollar doesn't keep soaring, even in a declining S&P. When the S&P trickles down, and, uh, and we aren't seeing a crash across commodities, um, we tend to outperform. And you can see that just historically since this market has taken off back in late 2020. Lastly, the Sprott Fiskarinium Trust traded up very nicely today, up over 6% on a nice little bump in volume as well. Nice to see that gap in their discount to NAV close on the day. Still traded down a couple percentage points from the highs on the day, back up closing above that 200-day. This is a pretty nice looking chart. Overall, as you can see, this has been a very, very long-term consolidation with some really big swings to the upside and the downside. But basically for the last year, we've been trading in a range. Um, eventually, we will break up and out of this level. All right, so mailbag section today. Um, there was a shelf equity offering from Cameco that was announced and there was a lot of speculation around Twitter around why uh, they did this. So essentially, Cameco filed a $1.5 billion shelf equity offering. Um, not surprisingly, they're speculating on why a company like Cameco that has such a strong balance sheet, adequate cash reserves would make this filing. There's plenty of people speculating this is potentially a precursor to some M&A action. Um, there's been talk for years, especially back around early 2020, uh, before the COVID crash, when uh, NextGen really traded down significantly, that there were a lot of intelligent market um, analysts, I, I can say, and kind of pundits as well, just saying that Camago should go after NextGen right now. Well, they didn't take that opportunity. I'm not speculating that they will, by the way. I'm just saying that is one of a potential handful of M&A targets. But what I will say is this. 
I don't want to speculate on where they're going after, but for a company with this strong of a balance sheet sheet to be issuing this large of an equity offering, this doesn't happen in a bear market. This company is very, very constructive on the Iranian market going forward. There's no reason for a company with this strong of a balance sheet to be doing this. So Cameco clearly setting themselves up for something. What that is, I don't know. But this type of action, this type of thing doesn't happen unless the company is very, very constructive on what is going to happen in the near and far future for this commodity and for this sector. And Cameco has their finger on the pulse um, as much as anybody else in the sector, um, probably more than anybody else in the sector. They are in the catbird seat. They are talking to utilities. There is significant new demand coming to Cameco from the West due to their positioning. Um, and this bifurcated market. And so whatever it is they're seeing is giving them great confidence to do a, a shelf prospectus such as this. That's a very, very good sign. Adds to my general confidence in this market going forward. Um, so that's interesting to see. Like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate on what the money is for. I'm not going to speculate on potential MA targets if it is even for MA, but clearly this is something that happens from a company that knows what they see on the horizon and is acting on it. So this, in my opinion, is a very, very big tell. I've talked about this in the past. There are certain signs that you can see in the markets that are tells on the face. They don't really say exactly what it's all about. But if you can understand um, that a company like this would not be doing this if they weren't constructive, then that is a tell and you should take it as such. Okay. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate all of you. I will be back again tomorrow. Have a great night. Cheers.